0: You're a deep thinker in these issues. Where are we in the United States of America in race relations?
1: Skip, they wouldn't want to ask me that. I have no opinion on it. That's how much I didn't know what was going on. And I kinda still, though. kind still. Don't. Still.
2: Still. I still don't From 1870 to 1901 million, a million, a million, a million, a We were million, we were senators. We were congressmen. P.K. Bruce was in the Treasury Department and his signature was on all paper money in America. Still down. During Reconstruction, it looked like a period of political prosperity. It looked like we were going to make it. As the historians say, we had good job working for ourselves many of us had good farmland we were making what was called good money and we were in high position I
1: have never never is a strong word never dealt with racism I didn't know what was going on I feel no.
2: but when the white man decided that he was through with niggas being
1: in political
2: office. Then no matter how many elected positions we had, no matter how much money we had.
1: I have never dealt with racism I didn't know what was going on. Still don't. Still, still
2: I still don't. No matter how much land we had, no matter what we had. The white man stood in the door of Congress, Mm -hmm. and they were armed in the door of Congress, and they said, no more nigger senators.
1: I didn't know what was going on.
2: They went to the floor of the Senate and the Congress, and stood in the door armed to make sure that we didn't enter those what they call portals. The government of the United States of America. They went to the sheriff's office. Crackers stood armed, shotguns, pistols, big beer standing outside. And the black sheriff showed up at the sheriff's office. He was elected by them. Crackers armed and cocked their guns on him. And all you could hear was the staccata of the cocking of their weapons on him. Saying, Digger, you not the sheriff no more. We got a new sheriff in town. Big Bubba here.
1: I still don't know what we going on. Still don't.
0: All power to the people, all power to the people. This is the People's Black Panther Party Radio. And for those of you that did not recognize that voice, that voice coming in, talking about he still don't, was your boy Little Wayne. Just another moment hey. in, 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 in our crazy history, just just to let y'all know. Uh, all right. Hey, hey, get hey, hey Ward. Ward, yeah. hey, just to jump in real quick off the top, just to let you know, that was the most painful piece of uh, uh, music I ever did in my life. I will never do another Lil Wayne song. Don't ask me. I ain't doing it. <laughs> <laughs> i not do it. That was painful. All right, people. All right, people. So this here is People's Black Panther Party Radio for Self-Determination. I'm National Chairman Brother Yanga Nkrumah, National Director of Operations Sister 7 Khadija. I'm the National Chief of Staff Brother War. And like always, Today we bring you to Panther 48, Brother E. and Brother Site. And as a guest, if you want to call into the show directly and at the right moment be placed into the queue to jump in and add to the discussion, you can call in at 323-870-4191. That's 323-870-4191. Press 1 to be placed into the queue, and then we'll jump you into the discussion. But today <laughs> we're going to talk about the validity of civil rights versus human rights, and let's start off by providing the linkage of common language with definitions as we stick to our local objectives, which is the 3Ds: define, develop, and defend. And we feel like we know—not feel—but we know it is important that, as a people, if we are to move forward, and as an individual that is a critical thinker, if you are to move forward without Confusing yourself and eliminating your right of choice That's your right of choice You must be able to have a common definition When engaging in discussion, building, and work of the, of, of the collective With that being said The topic, validity of civil rights versus human rights So we have to start off with the definition of validity Which is having force, weight, or the authority to make the determination A person in this position is known as the AHJ Or authority having jurisdiction So again, talking about something being validated First, then you go into the concept of civil rights So let me just give a definition of civil rights Now, I pulled this straight from uh, the online dictionary here on the civil rights. Number one, the first definition, it said, rights to personal liberty established by the 13th and 14th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution and certain congressional acts, especially as applied to the individual or a minority group. The second definition under there, the rights to full legal, social, and economic Equality extended to blacks So that definition of civil rights Basically is extending the rights To include African Americans or blacks So let's first go into the Constitution and To make sure we cover What the 13th and 14th Amendment says So that we can, you know, everybody has a basis to work from But before I even do that What I want to talk about And what I just read to you real quick Is the Confederate States Constitution a couple of points on that? Because I can pretty much ensure that most people have not read the Confederate Constitution or parts of it. Why? Because it's not taught to us in the textbooks. Well, the difference, the main difference between the two, I'm just going to point out two aspects. Most of the other jargon is kind of the same. Now, dealing with the Confederate uh, States. The Constitution of the Confederate States of 1861, Section 9-1, the importation of Negroes of the African race from any foreign country other than the slave-holding states or territories of the United States is hereby forbidden, and Congress is required to pass such laws as shall effectively prevent the same. So basically what they're saying, people here, is that you must respect their nationalism as it applies to the fact that we are now able to grow and produce our own slaves. And as a result of that, you cannot export any slaves into the United States because you must buy your slaves from us. We must circulate our our property amongst ourselves. So, the practice of nationalism stating that no other slaves, no other African slaves, let's say, let's say what it said, African slaves, can be produced outside of the United States. You must bond from within the United States. Section number four here, no bill or attainer or law-denying or impairing the right of property in Negro slaves shall be passed. So they're basically saying you cannot create a law. Denying us the right of Negroes being considered property. Now, this was the Confederate Constitution. Those are the two areas within the Confederate Constitution that gave it its power. Why? Because at that point in time, basically, Africans, we were the ones that were kidnapped and brought over here through the Maafa or whatever means, or even those that got captured and pulled into slavery that were already here. The bottom line was you were property, period, and the country was built on the backs of that property, and they did not want to let go of that powerful resource that they had. So moving now onto the Constitution of the United States, the Union Constitution of the United States, the 13th Amendment, Section 1, neither slavery nor involuntary solitude except As a punishment for crime Whereof the party Shall have been duly convicted Shall exist within the United States Or any place subject To that jurisdiction In section 2 Congress shall have the power To enforce this article By appropriate legislation And this amendment ended slavery And it also gave Congress the power To pass laws to enforce the ban on slavery But mind you The bottom line to that was except as a punishment for crime and keep in mind that the united states has more criminals so to speak or more people within its uh justice system incarcerated than any other country all right 14th amendment one of the the section one section of the 14th amendment all persons Born or naturalized within the United States And subject to the jurisdiction thereof Are citizens of the United States and, and, uh, and now Section 2 Overturned the three-fifths clause Of the Constitution that counted slaves As three-fifths of a person Which is what allowed them To discount their, pro- their quote-unquote property From taking part in the entire legislative process Which, remember, the legislative process or the political process, is what created the civil rights in the first place. Remember that, because that's super important as we move on. Moving on to our discussion, the, 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 the main concept here is what generates and what is the difference between a civil right and a human right? Because oftentimes, people, we get jammed up. And we think that something is interchanged or, or can be swapped out. We think the human and the, and, and, and the civil can be swapped out because we hear the word rights. So at that point, I want to turn it over to um, the other brothers with the Panther 48 to see if they want to jump in and elaborate a little bit on either what I said so far or jump right into the miscommunication or misinterpretation of the hum- human Right aspect of it. So y'all go ahead. What you got to say? Thank you coming now, or are you gonna to wait to try to jump in when I start going? Because you know <laughs> 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 you that conversation right there was supposed to be you jumping in, but um, I want to say this about right, and uh, I know I'm probably gonna be the devil's advocate in this dialogue, but well, come on, <laughs> I think. <laughs> We need to understand that any time you say the word or use a term like right, you have to really, really dig deep into what you're talking about. We seem to sometimes get so romantic about these ideas of freedom and rights that we forget one fundamental thing. The whole reason that a revolutionary exists because you really have no right that the state itself isn't giving you. The state, I don't care if it's a human right, civil right, alien right, if you have a right, the state is giving that right to you because a right is, is, is clearly defined as the, quote, unquote, legal or moral uh, 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 thing that you have and have the right to act, act on. Now, now I ask yourself this. Who creates morality and who creates legal? Let's start with morality. What is morality? Are you just born moral? No, you're not. Morality comes based on how you are raised. It's based on how you come up. I'm going to give a quick example. If Brother E, E, let's say me and Brother E grow up in two different families. Brother E's family, he goes to the store. Brother E steals a piece of gum. Brother E leaves the store with the gum. He gets outside, and and, uh, when he shows his mama the gum that he didn't pay for, his mother pops Brother E upside his head, tells him, you know you don't steal. Takes Brother E back into the store, makes him get a gum back, Brother E apologizes, come out of the store feeling bad. And there is a feeling that comes across Brother E because he got popped and he got humiliated in front of the store. Owner. That feeling then becomes Brother E's natural response to that type of situation. So, anytime Brother E decides to steal gum or anything else, even when his mama is not there, even if he's not popped, that feeling comes across him. He has his brain secretes certain hormones that makes him feel that way. We call that a conscience. The conscience was created in him because of that event, not because he was born with it. That's morality. Our morality is shaped by things like that. Let's say me, on the other hand, same situation. I go in the store. Don't steal anything. Come out of the store. My mother said, what did you get, boy? And I said, huh? I didn't get nothing. She popped me upside my head and said, you didn't see me having that store clerk uh, 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 distracted? You know you're supposed to come up. So I feel like a fool that I didn't come up. So anytime I steal or, or get or get over, I get a good feeling. That because my morality. So, so the morality itself is defined by society and the, and the and the general people in our proximity that train us and teach us our morality. Now legal, we got to ask ourselves what's legal, what's law. Law nothing, nothing in existence is criminal. Nothing is criminal law by itself. Someone has to decide to make it criminal. Laws make it a crime. Before at one time Coca Cola had actual cocaine in it. It literally had cocaine in it. And then somebody criminalized cocaine and, and, and cocaine became outlawed and therefore it is against the law. It wasn't always against the law. And the only reason only reason they, they, they criminalized cocaine is because the countries that grow cocaine naturally basically would have been major economic powers if they didn't criminalize cocaine. That's it. It's all political. So the, the establishment of law is always a political thing. So my point is rights are political. Your rights come to you regardless of what you call them based on the establishment, the state itself saying legally that you have this right. or legally you don't have that right. Somebody else has established that right. And so when we get into the conversation of rights, we have to understand that right comes about by law, by legality. And we got to understand that legality. And that's what, what uh, when you talked about, those civil rights. One of the things that I think is important to, to grasp when we're dealing with this struggle, when Malcolm came back from, from visiting the U.N., visiting Africa, visiting uh, the Middle East, when he came back, you'll notice Malcolm's conversation was about human rights. Malcolm was saying we've got to get off the civil rights and get on human rights. The reason for that is Malcolm sat with leaders of countries when he was over there. When Malcolm was at the U.N., he said, with leaders of countries. When he was in the Middle East, he said, with, with princes and kings, people that led countries. And, and, and what Malcolm did was this. Malcolm was Malcolm. He did this. He told these cats. He said, how the hell can you allow your brothers and sisters in America to go through the hell that they're going through, and you don't say nothing? You have a seat on the U.N., and you don't say a damn thing. What's going on? That's what Malcolm told us. And then they educated Malcolm, Malcolm on international law. They say that y'all have a civil rights struggle going on in America. We can't say anything because civil rights agreed uh, amongst the UN countries that are members of the UN that we do not intervene in another country's civil rights. Because the civil rights deal primarily with the way that country establishes its law for its citizens. We don't have a right to speak up on that. Now, if your struggle was about human rights, then we could speak on it. Because the UN has a charter that has 30 basic rights that are, that are to be respected and accepted amongst all members of the UN that would not, uh, not be trampled upon. And that's why you'll have leaders of countries at times to be brought up uh, uh, to the criminal court for a uh, violation of human rights, people that have that committed atrocities across the board. This is, this is the difference legally between civil rights and human rights. And you know me, I just stop. I don't I don't I don't leave no kind of uh, no kind of glorious band or anything when I stop I just stop. <laughs> I made my point. I'm done talking. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we need to cue in the applause there. Yeah. <laughs> well I'm a, uh I'm going to uh, agree and disagree with everything you said. Now, the whole morality thing, that, that's a whole another conversation, so I, I'm not even going to uh, touch on that, though there's some some area of, of agreement and, and disagreement. but like I said, it's another, another show. It's a good topic. But, insofar as civil rights, human rights, all of that, so the man, Joe Biden, cats like Kennedy, Johnson, all of these cats, they were down at whatever point with the idea and the concept of civil rights because partly what you said, uh, the uh, the idea that as long as it, and what Malcolm said, as long as it uh, 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 contained to the level of, of civil rights, you got a problem with your government. Y'all work it out. Basically, you know, to the to the world stage, that's why so many countries lobbied to, 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 to get their uh, issues brought to the status of human rights. China... India, all these countries, you know, it's human rights violation, human rights violations, Civil rights, and the other thing, the other reason that they're gung-ho and, and, and biting and them are down for the civil rights issue and whatnot is the fact that civil rights is, refers to essentially what you said, it's the legality. Civil rights are those rights that a principality, a, a, a federal government, state government, city government, whatever, agrees that they're going to acknowledge, okay, yes, you can do such and such. You have a quote-unquote right to XYZ and will also enforce you being able to exercise those supposed rights. On the other hand, human rights are supposed to be those that are uh, uh, imbued upon people by God or or the universe or, or, or whoever. One can be controlled by the state. One takes the control, in a sense, away from the state, and makes it bigger. Civil rights, pass a law, you don't pass the law, you got to live with it. There it is. Human rights, on the other hand, are supposed to be those agreed upon, recognized rights that everybody has a a right, for lack of a better word, a, a, a right to. You know, Health care, education, things along those lines. But I believe that both of them are civil rights is on one level of government, smaller. Whereas human rights tend to be the same idea, government, whether they're the city or the world, acknowledging that, yes, you have this right, we will uh, enforce it and allow you to do whatever it is, X, Y, Z. But the reality of it is neither of these is correct for me. The only right, I believe there are rights that everybody has, but the rights that you have, the only rights that you have are the rights that you are willing to take, exercise, and defend. In fact, what is the 3D? Uh, define, develop, and defend. The only right you have is the right that you're willing to define, to develop, and then to defend. There's nothing, even Europeans, Europeans have the absolute right to deprive us of our rights as long as we refuse them that right. As long as we allowed them to not acknowledge, you can't kill, shoot us in the street. They had the right to shoot us in the street. Why? Because we let them shoot us in the street. They, at one point in time, had the right to uh, uh, treat us and, and act as though we were chattel, slaver, uh, uh, chattel uh, during the so-called slave times. They had a right to do it because, as a whole, there were smaller groups of us that did it here and there and whatnot. But, as a whole, we never denied them that right. So the bottom line, the only rights that you have in its existence are the rights that you choose, that you uh, make a decision to choose, to exercise. If you don't exercise those rights, then you don't have any, any access to them, nor do you have a right to have those rights. As long as you are asking some other body, whether it's the civil government, whether it's the world government, whether it's white folks, whether it's whoever it is, you don't have that right because you're asking somebody else to do it for you, which is the mind of a slave. So as long as we politic and attempt to vote our way out of these situations and change this law or that law, they're going to roll with it because they manipulate, control that very law that you're trying to, 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 to somehow uh, address. So, And that's, that's, that's the whole idea behind self-determination. Our rights in this world exist because we are determined to make them exist, as long as we beg somebody else, whether we're protesting or whether we're we're voting, as long as we're appealing to the consciousness or the the morality of another group of people to say, yes, you shouldn't be shot down in the street. If you don't believe, in fact, I don't think African people in this country even understand or realize what it is to be a human being anymore. We are so far away from our mindset that we can't conceive of what it is to be human. At one point in time, that's all there was, was humans, until Europeans came along and started dividing everybody up into, into white, to black, to every other flavor. Before that, Africans, was no Africans. We were just people minding our business, enjoying the world that we've been given, doing our thing, blah, blah, blah. Then came along somebody to take away these rights. And because we had no concept of this right or that right, or human rights, they were successful in it. We didn't defend it. We went along with it. And now we've gotten to a point where we don't realize that if we don't, re- if we don't acknowledge, if we don't do the most revolutionary thing, which is to say that I'm an African because we live in a system that says Africans are on the very bottom. So to buck that system, the most revolution- revolutionary thing an African can do is say, no. Nope, I'm an African, and to mean it and to love it and to embrace it until we're able to embrace and to do those things with the concept of who it is we are, we can't even begin to exercise our so-called rights. We will continue to ask somebody else to acknowledge that we shouldn't be shot in the street. We have no business asking somebody to acknowledge that we're human beings while they shoot us in the street. For 400 years, they've been doing it. At some point, we have to realize you can't legislate morality. As my man was talking about, it's okay. The system says it's okay. The system says it's all right to kill uh, black folks. Change the law up when they complain a little bit and gone with business as usual because we haven't embraced our humanity, our Africanness, and applied that and been self-determined. We could make this go away tomorrow if we so chose to, but we're too caught up in the. The the, the politics and the economics and the understandings that we don't have to even realize that as much as we think we're empowering people by saying vote for this person and vote for that, that we're really just playing their game and giving the power right back to them. So until we realize our humanity, we can't even really discuss human rights because in our minds, I don't care how successful – how much money you got, what position you got, if you're not acknowledging your humanness on a very basic level to say that I'm an African, to say that because that's what human is at this point in time, an African, if we're not acknowledging and embracing it on that level at this point in time, it doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter what your power is. In the, in the, in the, in the, in the intro audio, you know, Kylie talked about exactly this. We were – right after slavery ended, supposedly ended, during the period of Reconstruction, 1865 to, to whatever, we, as black folk, with senators, uh, Bruce K. Blank, Hiram Revels, two of the first uh, senators and congressmen, black senators and congressmen in this country, we had black folks all over the place. We thought we were coming up. We was walking on, walking strong. We made it. It's time to do it. And then white folks said, oh, no, no,
1: this ain't going to work.
0: Picked up their gun, walked over to the courthouse and said, "Y'all gonna get out? It's over. It's done. You had your playtime. We're taking our country back. Do you really think that after 400 years, they're not prepared to do the same damn thing? What has changed? Have they all of a sudden realized that you're human beings? No, because you don't even recognize that you're human beings. As long as you allow sisters and brothers to get shot dead in the street, I saw uh, brother Smalls. Uh, I forget his first name, but uh, his last name Smalls, Doctor Smalls." talking on a video the other day. He said that if someone shoots your, your child down in the street, it is your duty as an African to go after that dude, period. No questions, no ifs, no ands, no buts. Because we talk that game, oh, don't mess with my kids, don't mess with my kids, nobody mess with my kids, all, that, all of that nonsense. But then when the police come and shoot your child dead, you get up, and I understand the pain. I'm not dissing them. On that, I'm, not, I'm not trying to do that. But the reality of it is, When we get up in front of the microphone and start pleading for peace, let that be one of my children. They're going to see it. I'm not going to get aired because I'm going to tell you like Dr. Small said, y'all can have a trial if you want to. It don't matter. I'm going to deal with it. But we don't recognize our humanity on that level. And so we put up with stuff that no other group of people would. And that's the only right that we have is to live or die standing or being on our knees. You can start the uh, fanfare now. I need an outro for, for when I talk. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, let me come back in. I know War I don't want to say something, but I got to come back in, you know. All right. Because essentially, essentially, you said what I said, essentially. But I think it's one 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 place where we kind of veer with each other because I think that that it becomes very important. I can't remember the exact quote that John Henry Clark said. I can't remember if I'm going to paraphrase it. But, he, but I'm going to get to the heart of what he said. He said that basically, and, and, and well, I'm going to say it. He said basically, essentially that until you come to the realization that nobody with power will ever give you their power, until you realize that, then we'll start moving towards freedom because we have to understand that when pe- people are basically playing, it's like they're playing for a chip, on a chessboard of power. And every group wants power They want power in their own hands Because only, that, only through having the power People feel Only through having the power Do I secure my quote-unquote rights And see, I, I'm talking about power Because I'm talking about this concept of rights you, you just essentially said You said the only power you have Is to decide to live on your feet and die on your knees We don't, I mean rights You don't have rights without power Rights have to be defended and protected there is no, uh, 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 I'm sorry, I'm going to hurt some feelings. There is, and if it exists, it, it, is not, it is not participating in your life. Nothing is coming out of the sky, out of the clouds, and securing your rights to you. If somebody else more powerful than you lives next door, they will take your rights from you, period, point blank. western said in the Western dictionary. I'm going to read his definition of human rights. This is what he said. It sounds good. It sounds beautiful. It says, Human rights, rights as the right to organize politically or worship freely, thought of as Logan inherently to each human being and not to be taken away or interfered with by arbitrary or repressive government action. Now, that sounds great. Man, if we lived on a planet where that was practiced, we'd all be free. But we know that that's a damn lie. No right that you have, whether it's the worship how you see fit, whether it's freedom of speech, whatever it is, whatever it is. Hey, are they voted to take Dr. Khalid Abdul-Muhammad's free speech away? Whatever it is, there is no right that a government has not, in some way, form, or fashion, arbitrarily interfered with. No. It says you have a right to borrow arms and that that right should not be infringed upon, but catch a felony, and watch what they do to it or live in a particular state and watch how they infringe on those rights. What happened to the right? They said that you have a right of free speech, but you don't have the right to, to, to say what you want to say arbitrarily. No, you don't. You can't go into a movie theater and high five, because then your right has just took away people's right to, to, to exist peacefully, so you will be criminalized for that. So these are the things we have to understand about any right. Any right that you claim, you have to have the power to defend. That's what happened after the Reconstruction era. Right after slavery in the Reconstruction era, we, like Dr. Khalid said in that intro, we had more sheriffs, more people in political positions too. And, and, and the quote Huey, he said it was ridiculous. He said we looked ridiculous claiming political positions without any real political power. Because as you just explained, that soon as white people were ready to take those political positions back, it was a wrap. Nigga, you ain't the sheriff no more. Big Bubba is not a sheriff, and and they took all those political positions back because there was no real political power. The only way you can consider yourself political is to have real power, and real power comes from either having feudal power, military power, economic power, and black people had neither one of those, period, point blank. That's the only way people would get rights is if you had a power to defend those rights. And that, I don't understand where we disagree at. We don't disagree. I said you said exactly what I said. Okay. Well, I I do think that you're a little bit romantic. I think that you think I that, that like those that, those natural rights, those natural God given rights, so called God given rights, I think that you think that they just should be there, period. That they were? If I'm wrong, correct me. I think that you believe that there are certain rights that we as people should just have and that they, no one should ever bother those rights. If I'm wrong. No, Rick, no, no. What I'm saying, is if we have those rights, if you believe that we have those rights, those rights only exist because you're willing to use them, because you're willing to defend them and develop them. Exactly what I, you said. They, they they exist in your mind, that's fine. But if I decide, you know, give me that gold chain, or or better yet, in, 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 in France two years ago, that the Hebdo I can't I don't know the name H E B D O or some uh, a magazine that printed these pictures of the Prophet Muhammad. You know, that's, 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 that's a no-no in the Muslim community. So they, they uh, somebody, I don't know who it was, but somebody blew some stuff up over there. So Europeans have all of us thinking that you have this God-given right to say what you want, and that's fine, but don't, under, don't understand that you don't have any kind of God-given right or otherwise to be defended to say what you want without repercussions. I can yell fight in a, in a crowded uh, uh, theater if I want to it's gonna be repercussions and I gotta be willing to, to deal with those repercussions, but I can say it because I choose to say it. That's my that's my guy given right because I chose to use it. I chose to do it. You know, if I get beat up, locked up or whatever, so be it. But I said it. So that, that's uh no, I don't I don't believe there's anything that, you know, you just somebody graced upon us and now everybody needs to, to go, No, hell no. You get what it is you willing to, to keep, to take and to keep. And that that's the essence, like you said, of power. And our first power is to get up off our damn knees and start standing up. That's the first power. Before we get, you know, uh, land or, 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 or military or anything else, you got to be having a military itself to get up off your knees and say, nah, damn it, I'm going to be this and be that. If your children are getting brutalized, shot down in the street, and you've spent their whole life as children talking about how but nobody better not mess with your kids, show me. Show me if the cop is wrong for shooting your kid, you see it on tape, show me. Don't tell me this to be quiet and be, no, you're supposed to be the most pissed off one in the bunch. You're supposed to be leading the charge because somebody messed with your kids. But we don't have the right, really, to bitch and whine about it because every time it happens, you say, oh, y'all, y'all be calm. Don't nobody get upset. We all just want to live and be happy. And that, No, no, no. You killed my child. Somebody got to pay. And, and that's all right. But whatever that means, I'm not trying to encourage anybody to go out and do anything that they wouldn't have done anyway. I'm just saying, stand to your words, stand up and be human cause if you kids if you went out here and shoot up some white folks, you going to have a problem because they will get on you we if somebody does something like that to us, we have no right because we just let it happen. Most of the folks that are rioting so-called rioting and protesting and whatnot are white folks now why do you think why do you think every time somebody charges to you or even Uh, We can go all the way back to, uh, and I know this is off subject, but you said it, so I want to put it out there. Uh, uh, Even we can go all the way back to Rodney King when he got beat up and got his eye knocked out of his head. They always get these Negroes to get in front of the television camera and say, don't do that. Can we all just get along? That's not what he would want. This is not bringing my brother, my son, my child back. What do you think is going on with that situation? I I, 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 Well, it kind of goes back to this whole, you know, we we bought into the civil rights aspect and civil this and civil that looking to the government and depending on the government. So we always want to default back to the government to take care of our issues, whereas if we would at least even delve in to begin the real conversation of human rights, and that's the only value that has to me because, like I said, the, the idea of human rights is just civil rights on a global level. When you really look at it, you're just talking about laws. That, that, you know, other countries can now come in and say, hey, which other countries have said that about the U.S., but the U.S. constantly flouts uh, international law and pisses on it and is like, yeah, international law don't apply to us unless it's working in our favor. They've done that a number of times, sure, but, but the concept of human rights has its value to me in starting that conversation about are we human? Are we going to own our humanness? And most—I don't even say most—all of us, you, leave war, everybody on here has been taught our entire lives that we are subhuman, we are less than human, and we believe that shit. And so we roll with that shit, and we don't believe that we deserve—really believe that we deserve the same uh, 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 right, or the same—that's all I can say—the same right to, to to stand our ground and say no, you cross us, that's it. Game over. We're not talking about it no more. Time for sitting down with Joe Biden and the rest of these morons, uh, 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 with Joe Biden who put a whole lot of black folk in jail, three strikes, all of that crap, uh, uh, to sit down and, and have a conversation. Now you want to have a conversation about it? After you've killed 400 years or five people, now you all want to sit down and have a conversation about it. And, and nothing will come out of the conversation because it never does because we talk about civil rights, which they control the civil, the government, Whenever you hear civil, ain't government. They control the civil rights, but to sit down and have a conversation and really address all we human beings? And I and I, I hate to give credit to people I don't really care for, but I have to say, I saw LeBron James on accident. Now, mind you, I'm saying on accident because I don't watch that stuff. I saw him on accident giving this uh. I accidentally saw him giving a uh, uh some interview, and he said what. Something that we need, especially as black men, Uh, Francis Rush said, black men get into a room, no sisters, now stay outside. Look, black men come into this room, sit down, look at each other, and say what LeBron James said. We are scared to death. We are scared of white people. We believe they have some greater-than-God power. Because as much as we talk about God, if we really believed that God was with us, we'd have been done road on these cats but we don't believe in our humanity. We don't believe that we deserve any more than what we get. You know, a a woman typically will stay in an abusive relationship in large part because she believes that's what she deserves many times. Not all the time, but many times. She'll stay in that abusive relationship because she feels like she deserves it. We stay in this uh, abusive-ass relationship with these crackers because we believe that we deserve that. If we didn't believe, it's like black men and black women. I believe I deserve a black woman in my life. Why? Because I'm the best, and I deserve the best period. Just no, no shade, no hate, no, you know, call it racist. I don't care. But if I deserve the best, I want to get the best and I believe that's the best. So if I believe the be- that I'm the best and I should get the best, then when it comes to things like being able to walk down the street and not be shot because I got some skittles then, or my son or whomever it is, then yeah, I- I'm gonna deal with it. No, nah, I deserve better than that. And you're going to get me better than that. And the only way that they're going to believe they get away with this stuff is because they know that they can do it, and all we're gonna do because we don't believe we're human, we don't believe we deserve better. We're gonna go along with it. We're gonna whine for some more civil rights legislation. I still hear people talking about let's reform the police. We need more dialogue. We've been dialoguing. They've been dialoguing with their batons in the back of our heads and bullets in the back of our uh, in our bellies and every place else for four hundred years. Every minute, we've had to look over our shoulders. Think about that. 400 years, every day, African people have had to look over their shoulders because someone was trying to murder them. Not black folks trying to murder us. White folks, whether it's the the, the slave master, the slave catcher, the, the, the overseer, or the angry mob, the Klan, the NRA, the police department, somebody was looking to kill black folks. And even worse, it was okay, or it is okay. For them to kill black folks. For 400 years we've been dealing with that. So we don't understand our humanity. That's to me the problem. Human beings don't put up with this shit. They don't put up with it. Can you imagine the Asian community getting dealt like this? They wouldn't put up with it. Because they have respect for themselves because they know they are human beings and they deserve better. We don't believe it. So that's why I think people get up and kowtow and try to keep the peace. That. And it, it, it's an African thing to want to be peaceful with people and to get – that's a part of who we are. But at some point, we got to nip that in the bud and say, you know, time out for that. It's time for them to be brutal. It's time to talk in language that they can understand. But, yeah, that that's why I believe that, or that's what I believe is the primary reason, because in our minds, we're really not human beings. So human rights are not even a question for us. We'll take civil rights because, yeah, we're citizens, but we ain't human. In fact, most black folks can't argue against that because we have no evidence historically of our humanity. All we know is we were slaves. And then we did some they they freed us and we, we play basketball. That's it. That's all we know. You know? I still don't know. So yeah, it it it, it it's a lack of humanity in our minds. Hey y'all let me jump in now and I wanna I want want to add another point, or a couple of definitions, to go into the civil, to go into the human rights, as well as talking about self-determination, that will lead us back into more open discussion on this. So let me say this: the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, adopted in 1948, stated that human rights are the rights inherent to all human beings, regardless of race, sex, nationality, ethnicity, language, religion. Or any other status Human rights include the right to life And liberty Freedom from slavery and torture Freedom from opinion and expression The right to work and education Everyone is entitled To these these rights Without discrimination That is what it says The international human rights law Or should I say The international human rights law Lay down the obligations of governments To act in certain ways or to refrain from certain acts in order to promote and protect human rights and fundamental freedoms of individuals or groups. Now, in saying that, let's say this. The UN, in the enforcement of a direct violation to the international laws, have the ability to sanction either through economic and or military actions. But in saying this, will the UN – or any international body agree to go to war with the United States over the accountability of disregard to the international behavior or the internal behaviors of the U.S. to a small percentage, and how will that small percentage offset the loss as a result of enforcement of international intervention? So in other words, what I'm saying is what the U.N., would basically be waging and, and there's always wage Because mind you, the human uh, rights, the human rights uh, law Was adopted in 1948 Okay So the other stuff we discussed earlier Leading up to this thing in regards to civil rights Had to do with all of the stuff That first got us to a point To where we had lived You know, quote-unquote Outside of bondage For a certain amount of years Anyway so from that point, as African-Americans or Africans, should we say, within America, established you know you their own me. communities through, through segregation and built themselves up and constantly kept dealing with the destruction of their power in these segregated areas, at a certain point between a lot of the other stuff that was going on across the world, the Declaration of Human Rights got adopted. But again, mind you, the U.N. is made up a, a conglomerate of, 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 you know, of many, of many nations and countries. So in looking at what they determine or decide to do, as it applies to anybody that is a part of the U.N. or anybody that recognizes international law, they have to weigh the outcome. They have to weigh the involvement or the protection thereof based upon what they have to lose That's just a bottom line fact Which goes right back into the concept Of power respects power So if that group Of people Or should we say everybody involved with the UN Because we're talking about a, a conglomerate now If these people Or this conglomerate Has more to lose Than to gain By being involved in and enforcing that international law It ain't going to get done it just ain't going to get done or they would look the other way or they would do very little because of the backlash. And this goes back to some of the bold statements that that, that uh, Trump did in regards to the European Union, because he he flat out was, you know, coming across like, you know, you you ain't got the power you had you once had United States. We hold the keys now. We hold the keys to power. And from that standpoint. He basically declared the United States back into a a, 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 a prominent position of, of nationalism first. So also saying that again with the UN being predominantly made up of European countries in terms of the power status of it and in terms of the money that's the money and resources that are lent out. To nations that don't have Much, much military power Because we've got to go back Remember it's economic resources That are being sanctioned as well as military power Some people within the UN Are members of the UN As a result of allowing Other nations To control their military Other nations to deal with the military might some, some nations have Natural resources to offer Which gets them to seat at the UN Other nations have economic you know, uh, partial economic power, somehow military, so on and so forth. So, in order to get a seat at that UN, there has to be some give and take. So, when these nations would happen to speak up, or let's say African nations would happen to speak up against the atrocities or happen, uh, happening to our Africans in the United States, what do they have to lose? What do they, or should I say? What will they lose, and what will they gain as a result? Of protecting the rights Of the Africans in the United States Who do not identify themselves Properly From a position of power So we're going we to get down With it from the real perspective And that's the thing Just because The quote unquote right thing to do could, You know Can come into play which goes back to what Psych was saying about the morality Morality has has nothing to do With the enforcement as, as it applies to economics and military Keep in mind it's all about power Now morality across the board There's certain things that obviously At least written in paper Sound good and for the most part Operated good So then you're dealing with the majority So the majority of the time The citizens of the United States Are not shot down The majority of the time the citizens of the United States Are given at least in theory uh, A fair trial But it has to do with the intricate details of you being basically uh, pulled over while while being black or the enforcement that gets you caught up in the justice system in the first place. See, there are many gray, quote-unquote, gray areas that lead to the loopholes that cause the enforcement of these, quote-unquote, civil rights that we have to be, you know, tinkered with and manipulated with. And mind you, it is the internal justice system that we, that we deal with, whether it be through the local level or the supreme level, that determines the outcome of, of each and every case. And as long as the letter of the law is being followed in one form or fashion, then why would it be in their best interest to intervene if we haven't drawn out a position of power, first and foremost, as to why? The UN should be involved. What specific can we draw up to say that across the board it is being broken? What stance have we taken to 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 create that international rally cry? So let me go into saying now the definition of self-determination: the ability to determine and control the process of defining who we are. And there you have it. And now when you talk about who we are, you also talk to talk about what we are, when we are, why we are, and see those things that we don't ever think about. We think about the who and what, but when and why. So adding to the point of when involves the state of consciousness in recognition to perception, which is observed through time and space. Of course, that may sound wordy to a lot of y'all, but that's why you need to go back. And listen to this broadcast again And that's also why Brother E and Brother Cycle come back in at a, As soon as I finish talking And probably clean it up But I'm going to say it the way I say it in The way I know it and, and the why Is because we as Defining our collective Say so It's just like my child asked me oftentimes, Why can't I eat, get that piece of candy And I flat, I say because I say so Because at certain points in time, as it applies to the aspect of power, you being able to recognize uh, the uh, logistics or recognize, not not logistics, but recognize the, the, I would say, critical thinking, a logical concept of why you shouldn't eat enough candy or why you shouldn't do that or why the stove is hot. Some of these things, you know, people of, of, of a lesser experience will not necessarily be able to agree with or not necessarily do what's in the best interest of that person. So a collective has to come in and say what? Bam, because I say so. And then we can get down to the specifics later. But we have to first and foremost be able to have a firm position on what we are and why we are. And that is one of the things that don't happen. Because we're all over the mouth in defining what we are. We're all over the mouth in recognizing the ideal of self-determination. We don't recognize the idea of self-determination. It sounds like it's militant. It sounds like it's aggressive. It sounds like we must want the fall of the United States by just simply saying that. But mind you, let's go into it from this standpoint, which happens. In the protest of the United States Because The group and collectible people That came into assembly Said We, self-pro- we self-proclaim Authority and exercise It to the point of Liberty or debt Liberty Or debt So to that end If we as a people Will proclaim Our self-determination To the point of liberty or death Then and there Will we intersect To the position of having power And at that point Now the UN Could have Something to consider In terms of an exchange Of losses for gains Because at that point As we deal with liberty and death We will start creating a condition within the United States that causes it to have to recognize the loss that it is enduring as a result of us proclaiming self-determination, us coming together collectively, making things change, not asking, not begging, but making things change as a result of our combined compound position of authority That we have defined That's self-determination That's speaking from a position Of not being A damn domesticated Human Which goes back into the the difference And why we find it So hard to Really distinguish between civil rights And human rights Why that's even a discussion Mm -hmm. And it's mainly a discussion To me it goes back to how we have brought ourselves up through an awareness of what culture means. The Africans within the United States have been brought up on a renter's mentality. A renter's mentality is someone that does not connect themselves with a land base, which means if you connect yourself with a land base, you have ownership. That ownership, that pride comes in the natural resources and the connection thereof that can can come with that recognition of my place, me touching down in the soil, me rubbing my feet, my hands in the ground and and forming a declaration of this is my land. See, we haven't done that. We don't look at things that way, whether it be in Africa on the continent or whether it be here in the United States. We have not proclaimed a, 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 a ownership. So until you proclaim an ownership, what do you have that defines you and ties you to a position of some form of power that you will enforce at a point, at a specific point? Where do you draw a line in the sand? You can't draw a line in the sand if you are written the sand. If you see yourself written the sand, then you don't give a damn about the sand. And so this is why subconsciously we go straight into uh, rebel mode, riot mode. And we tear shit up because our mentality is we don't own it, damn We don't own it anyway. And since we don't own it, we don't care. Since we don't care, we don't take part in the political process. Since we don't take part in the political process, we don't even know what the hell politics means. We don't even know what the hell the political process is, which is important from the stance of us even being able to define A position of power Because if we don't know self governing If we don't know government or self-government How can we form A position of power in the first place So we we keep running Back in this circle loop Of not even knowing How to define a problem So that we can collectively come together With a solution So now Let me turn that back over to y'all brothers To talk about well damn. Okay. I <laughs> well, yeah, I'm I'm uh, yeah, that was damn. Um if you stuck for words that never that, but go ahead. <laughs> he said no, I know you ain't never stuck for words. But see see and, and I'm glad he said that. He he brought those definitions. I'm glad he said that. Because he used terms that I think we need to really dig into if you're serious about the liberation of the people. See, he talks about we and self-determination and collective. These are important terms. And this is why, and I, and I got to say this, this is why the understanding of culture is necessary because culture oh. is the thing that brings people together, that creates a we. See, and this is why EVE, with his crazy, I'm African idea, becomes so important. This is why this is so important, because once you start identifying with this African concept, then you create a week, a collective. See, as long as you are Christian, a Muslim, a black Hebrew, Israelite, black, nigger, Negro, as long as you are all these different things, there can never be a collective. But once you start understanding what you are naturally and start coming together culturally, you create that collective that Brother War was talking about. You create that we, and then you actually start to expand power. Because as Hewitt said, as I described earlier, there's only three ways to have political power, feudal power, military power, and economic power. And Hewitt broke down and explained that, that military power isn't just boots on the ground, guns firing, but military power also represented group power the only way you can have a military is to have a group of people coming together, moving towards the same goal. So essentially military power is people's power. So people only move towards the same goal when they recognize that they have the same common interest. And the only way to recognize a common interest is to recognize a common culture, a common condition, a common way of doing things. And that leads back to Eve's weird, crazy concept that African is the way to start rebelling against this society. That's why, the, that's why all of this is so important. That's why all of this has such a, a, a value. If you want to change the society, if you want to change the world, you want to change the condition of the people, it isn't through how much you can scream. It isn't through how many guns you can shoot. Trust me, I, I, I honestly know it is definitely not through how many guns you can shoot. You will not change the world through this. You can only change the world through that, through that, through that common uh, link that people are able to find with each other. That's why Jews have so much power. He talks about Chinese. That's why Chinese have so much power. People that find that common root to combine and unite with each other, they are able to gain power without licking not one shot because they have a common voice screaming at the same exact time. And see, those the, the problem with this is it takes work. See, it's more important to sometimes sit down and study than it is to go out on the, line, on the protest line. Yes, the protest line is important because it allows the establishment to know that we're scared up and we're not willing to take this. But it's also important to know why you're fed up and why you're willing to protest. We talked about rights and the purpose of this, of this podcast is to discuss the difference between civil rights and human rights. And my 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 point of view is this, is that rights themselves are legal. They are legal things. That Basically, essentially, you have absolutely no right unless you have power. And if you don't have power to defend that right, you don't have a right at all. I don't give a damn what right it is. You can say, well, for the sake, I have the right to breathe. Not if I put a nine millimeter to your head and blow your brains out, you don't. Because as long as you, you had a right to breathe and I had a right to pull out a 9 millimeter and put it to your head and blow your brains out. There is nothing that will protect your right to breathe other than you being more powerful than I am and being able to stop me from blowing your brains out. That's the only thing that will protect that right. And and, and, this is, and, and I'm going to share a social concept, concept to you. And I talked about this a little earlier, that, that nothing, no act selling drugs, gang-banging, killing people, molesting children. No act is criminal in and of itself. It becomes a crime because laws are established in the society that makes it a crime. Then when you realize that, when you can accept that mentally, then you have to say, what creates laws? Laws are created through a political process. That's how laws are created. Laws are created through a political process. The definition of some acts as being illegal is the outcome of a struggle amongst groups. Groups of people have certain interests and certain viewpoints, and they will say, hey, because that interferes with my personal interest, because that goes against my viewpoint, that should be against the law. And here's the thing. When we understand that, and I'm going slow with it, because Huey said the people can't go to A to Z. The people must go A, B, C. So I'm taking my time with it. If we realize that, then we realize that if, if groups bring laws into being because of different interests and different viewpoints, then the laws that come into existence come into existence because of one thing: because the most powerful group was able to push their interests further than the weaker group. Simple as that. And usually, what you have is, and, and, and they they give you a sign of it when they call this a democracy. They say. The, the word Demo in ancient Greek literally means people. So the democracy is supposed to be a political uh, government ruled by the people. That's what the word literally means. But, but we don't take it to mean, and, and, and it's common understanding is that uh, the majority rules. So if this is to be a government ruled by the people. And being even that, you got to understand that the people is not the individual Joe and Jane walking around in the street. The people is a concept. It's an idea. The people is only the thing that has the most power in that society at that time. Every law that had, been, that had been voted into the book was put into to the book by the most powerful group in the society that put those laws into the book. The, uh, he talked about three-strikes rules. I never voted for the three-strikes law. It affected me negatively. So I never voted for that. You know what I'm saying? So you got to ask yourself, who in the hell put that r- rule into the book? probably the person that never had any threat of being, of, of being affected by that law. Nine times out of ten, probably the person that would never have to sit in prison for 20 years for the three-strikes law, and probably the person that would probably be at the most threat of the person who would, who would uh, commit a three-strikes law against them. Those are the people that put that into the, into the rule book. So I said all that to say this. When, once you become a conglomerate, a group, a, 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 a we, as Brother Watts said, Once you become a collective, as the brother said, and the only way you can become a collective is to recognize a common beginning and have common interests and common enemies. That's the only way anybody ever become a collective can you really start to exercise real true political power and then then you will have rights. Then you could start expressing rights. You'll either have rights or you'll die because you refuse to live without them. So, I'm a, uh, you're the three ways that people have or exercise power that you like to quote from Huey. That even as I'm sitting here thinking about it, he said it, and you essentially summed it up from, in my mind, a better a better foundation. I remember Huey in an interview, and I'm not going to quote, that's your thing. I, I I I remember him saying, I remember the gist of it, but I don't, you know, get wrote memorization saying, you know, it, it's not my thing. But essentially Huey said, and maybe if you know the quote, please jump in and finish it and clean it up for me, that um, the, what was it? That we, essentially we want our rights and, we're willing to get them with the only uh, uh, power that we have, which is a potentially destructive force. Yeah. yeah. You know that quote? Yeah, that, that was it. You basically said it. He said uh, that uh, when they asked, he was, it was actually an interview, and they asked yeah. him what what separates, what makes the Panther Party different from every other organization out there. And he said that the Panther Party uh, relate to each other with with a better understanding than our other organization. And he said that uh that when he said the last part that you said that uh <clears throat> and he said that uh that uh we want to be free and we're willing to get that freedom with all the only power that we have and that's the power will potentially destroy the force if we don't get freedom. Now the idea that I take from that is when he said that the party relates to each other better. And a part of the reason for that is because they know that the party, Black Panther Party stuff, San you in there. knew that they were going to step out in pursuit of their, quote-unquote, their, their freedom of the only power that they have with potential violence. That, in and of itself, is a culture or a subculture. Building and going the direction that you talked about, about African people identifying themselves as African and building on and developing that sense of collectiveness is is the foundation, even for military force, for economic force, for all of that force, that power is based around that cultural concept. So even at the root of those three expressions that he quoted, there's still that one underlying real force, which is that collectiveness. So underneath those three, those are the three expressions, but what it is that gives those three expressions their actual force is the collective power, the culture of collectiveness. The United States, and this is part of what war said. You said a whole lot, bruh. But the U.S. has more military bases in this world than there are countries. So when it comes to things like the U.N. speaking out, when you hear the U.N., think the U.S. The U.N. has attempted to sanction, chastise, charge up the U.S., whatever, several times on breaking international law. Syria, when the U.S. fired on Syria, you know, this whole I don't know if anybody, especially, you know, black folks don't keep up with international affairs, but the U.S. is currently stationed in Syria because there's this war going on. What's the name? Uh, ISIS, all that stuff is going on. Syria asked Russia to come in and help them fight this. That's one of their allies. But the U.S. still has troops stationed in Syria. The United Nations attempted to make a move on that, say, whoa, you in violation of international law. Wait a minute. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. You know what the U.S. did? Nah, I don't worry about that. Kept on doing what they're doing. So the U.N. is absolutely, 100%, completely ineffective in addressing anything that we may fantasize about taking to them. If for no other reason, because of the – up until Trump, because things have changed quite a bit. But economically, the U.S. is the most powerful country in the world, the dollar. The, the the petrol dollar. Everybody wants dollars because that's what you get uh, oil in, and oil is besides gas in your car is the rubber on your shoes, is the plastics in your water bottle, and, and everything else. Your CDs, everything is essentially a byproduct of oil, and you can't buy oil. But again, it's starting to change. But that's the topic for another discussion. But up until this point, because of the petrol dollar situation that was set up, everybody wants the dollar. So economically, the U.S. can say, screw the U.N. U.N., you work for us. Militarily, as I said, the U.S. has more military bases in this world than there are countries. They're all over the freaking place. Japan is protesting them right now. They, a whole bunch of them folks don't want the U.S. military bases in their countries anymore. So militarily, the U.S. is still the lick. Again, it's starting to change, but right now at this moment, still the lick. In the U.N., you have countries that have, I think there are five or six permanent members, Russia, China, Great Britain, uh, 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 the U.S., I think France. There there are five permanent members who have veto power. So if everybody in in the U.N. says, yeah, let's go on America, and we're going to get them and and, and show them that this ain't right and blah, 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 the U.S., because it's a permanent member, has veto power, can sit and say, we veto that. The U.N. can't move on the U.S. Go sit down and shut up. But the U.N. is irrelevant. Again, the civil rights that we talk about in this country are the same thing as human rights in this world, just on a different level. Civil rights are governed by federal, state, and local authorities. Human rights are supposed to be looked after and governed by the international community. But the international community, as I've kind of outlined, is controlled by who? same assholes that are doing the stuff that they're doing to us right now so even if we took it to them like Malcolm attempted to do oh he died like Dr. King was moving toward with the Vietnam War and whatnot oh he died there's no recourse for us in this world legally because it's their legal system they own it they control it period whether it's the Russians whether it's
1: the uh,
0: Americans the whether it's even China. China is starting to move into Africa and put, it put its first military base outside of China ever, ever. The first military base they've ever had, right there on the horn of Africa, right there, while the oil and the action and everything is going down. they right there. They're giving, uh, 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 giving. They're making all kinds of billion-dollar loans to African businesses and governments over there to build up the infrastructure and whatnot, doing the same playbook that the U.S. has done, the same thing they're on the U.N. with a a veto power, permanent seat, what good is the U.N.? So again, like Sykes said, these so-called rights that people talk about in the terms that we talk about them are irrelevant because they're acknowledged, enforced, or not enforced, not acknowledged by the same racist, white supremacist government worldwide. So our only recourse, again, is to go back to basics and understand, number one, that we are the definition of humanity. We were here first, so we define human. So if anybody's not human, it's y'all. We started this. We're human beings, and we have to get to a point where we believe that, or all of the rest of this stuff is irrelevant. But very much to the point of what the discussion is supposed to be about, there is no difference between civil rights and human rights. The only, like I said, the has said it in different terms. The only rights you have are the rights that you can defend. And right now, we can't defend Jack because we have no culture other than violence. Which we, and, and we don't control that. That's manipulated by the same outside forces. But until we can't, we can't even decide whether we are, uh, uh, let's say, African, African American, black, this, that, and the other, we can't even decide on a name for ourselves. So, no, we can't keep somebody from shooting us in the street. We don't even know what we are. So until that happens, we can talk about civil rights all day. We can talk about human rights all day, and it's not going to change a damn thing. It's not going to affect anything because in the end, both of those discussions are asking somebody else to acknowledge what it is we've yet to acknowledge. And nothing's going to change until we acknowledge that, period. That's, that, that's the bottom line. I don't care what kind of rights you want to talk about and dream about and whatever. Until you can acknowledge deep down in your heart, God damn it, I'm an African, and I deserve, no, I own, I will take, I demand, it will be this way, then everything else is fuel, and it's just blowing smoke. So I don't know if that sums up anything you said, War, but uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. Well, let, let me do this by just, just even going back a little bit into since since we're obviously talking about some of the differences in front of some of the standards that the uh, Black Panther Party established on, let me just read two points on the platform. Now, mind you people listening audience, there are many different formations of Panthers, so let's not get stuck on that. But across the board, point number one and number ten, in various forms, regardless of formation, usually one starts with Basically, in, in, bottom line, this is what we are. This is what we're going after. This is what the Panther Party is here for. Point number 10 ultimately talks about how we, or, or, or basically what it is that we're after, which goes back to point number one. So point number one, we want freedom, period. Put a period behind that.
1: Three words. <laughs> we
0: want freedom. Okay. And then we're going to say this, we want the power to practice self-determination and determine the destiny of our community and black nation. So we're saying right there, the power to practice self-determination. So what we're saying at that point is, hey, we want to be self-determined, and we want to practice that self-determination. But that practicing of that self-determination does go back to the recognition that in order to practice anything, you have to be willing to deal with liberty or debt. Those are the only two end results. Liberty or debt, period. If you're true about the practice. All right? We believe is, that black people will not to... be free. What's that, E? I'm on a roll. What you got? <laughs> oh, my bad. Go ahead. Roll on, bro. Roll on. All right. Well, <laughs> on point number 1, we believe that black people will not be free until we are able to determine our div- our divine destiny. So first before we get to the practice of self-determination, obviously we have to determine our divine destiny. So two things are that we have to get into. And 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 I'm a, I'm going to finish up the point, and then we can go back to that. First, what is divine People, as black, what is the mind? Then number two to that. What is destiny? Okay, Because in order to even address point number one, which mind you, plenty of panthers out there from whatever era, whatever generation you have, are very versed in being able to recite the platform. But the implementation and the exercise and the embodiment of what freedom is, and the practice of self-determination is obviously still relevant to this day and has still not been implemented, which is why the world needs the Black Panther now, period. <laughs> Point number 10, we want land, bread, housing, education, clothing, justice, and peace. All people will want that. So from that standpoint, that goes back to what we mean when we say humanity. And as our political objective, we want a national liber- – we want national liberation in a separate state or territory of our own, here, elsewhere, or elsewhere, a liberated zone, bottom line. In other words, going back to what I said earlier about the difference between a, ren- a renter's mentality and a ownership mentality, we're saying we want some saying to be able to draw a line in and define – our national territory. In other words, if you cross this line, you are, now on our, you are now in our zone. Okay? And we have the right to stomp your ass. On the other side, do what you want to do. But once I cross over here, it, this is us. This is us. So that's what we're saying. That's how you are able to practice that self determination. You need somewhere to practice it, you need somewhere to implement it. Bottom line. And it says, ending in point number 10, and I'm paraphrasing people, but the bottom line is the essence is across the board, all Panther platforms say this. In the end, we free the land. Up you mighty race. Our nation, you can accomplish what you will, which came from who? Marcus Garvey was famous for saying that. Of course, I'm paraphrasing, but the bottom line is we all get it. And now he said, you can accomplish what you will. The problem with that statement is most people read over it without recognizing the key perspectives. The last word of that statement is will. So what is will? Because we obviously don't have a a unified definition of what will is. Will should be coupled with power. Will power. You can accomplish what you will power. Bam. Bam. There's that power we need to attach to the corn phrase of will, and will is the internal drive to continue in a disciplined focus until the objective is achieved. This will can work to draw in more collective wheels, and the momentum can, if amplified consistently, produce change we de- we desire. That, that's it That is it in a nutshell Now Going to that Now who are we to draw A declaration of separation From the U.S. body of authority In other words Who are we Because see that would be what the U.N. Or any external uh, Force or any external power Structure should we say Would, have to, would be asking Because when they ask that question We have to be able to slap something on the table that says this is our authority. As a result of our separation, this is what we will control as a result of our separation. This is what we can contribute to the world collective. And then it starts becoming enticing and then the heads will start turning and then the people will start trying to decide how to get back behind us. But mind you, they would have to get behind us Because what we must do it First Next one would be what defines Me according to the Applied enforcement or Denial or recognition as A collective Which goes right back to What I'm gonna open up the Rest of the pound 48 to Say what is divine And what is destiny Because in order to we to Have what we refer to as Freedom we have to recognize or have a stable uh, definition or a working definition within a language that we can we can all agree to. In order to in order to move forward on a model that can be implemented so that it can amplify a will. So let me turn that over to y'all. Will divine destiny? What is it? Well. I was going to ask a while ago if this is a good time to bring up that uh uh that ongoing conflict that we had back in the day about the wording of the uh especially me about the wording of the platform and its milk toastness to us in a sense with and and I wish because I was one of those cats for years that when I heard accomplish what you will, okay, basically accomplish what you're going to accomplish not really understanding what will actually is. And if I'd understood it I'd have took better out of under I'd have taken it to you in those terms during that, that ongoing debate that we was having and instead of saying we want this, this, this we want this this and this this that's okay, but it's passive. But to say we will be free We will have an education. We will is a positive affirmation, is my,
1: which is, you know,
0: the essence of who and what we are. But um, I don't, we don't have the will because we don't have that connection to who we are. We have a connection to slave mentality. We have a connection to being slaves. People don't want to. White folk are jumping off the grid left and right. Black folk ain't doing that because we can't conceive of growing our own food. We can't conceive of not having uh, 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 water and toilet connected to the city. So if something goes wrong, the city comes and deals with it or or whoever. Renters' mentality, even if we own, quote, unquote, own. You know, we, we don't have that will. Because we don't have a knowledge of self, we don't have an idea of who we are. We believe we're slaves, so we act like slaves. So we'll never have that will without that repositioning of our concept of who it is we are. That's a part of humanity, of being a human being, of being African. Is 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 exercising your will, saying this is the, this is the reality that needs to be, and doing it, making it so. Destiny is a part of that. Is a result of that, because destiny is just a collection of our choices. There's no one on earth who can sit back and you know I hear people all the time. If it wasn't, if it doesn't happen, it's not meant to be. Okay, if it helps you sleep at night, but the reality of it is, if you will it, if you really put your will into it to develop, to make those choices, to do the things that are necessary to get stuff done, it will happen. You know, to say that that you know we're not free, because yeah. It wasn't meant to be. We're not supposed to be free. Okay. That's that slave mentality. You know, and, and it, it's difficult, at least for me, I kind of shy away from the conversations because people start getting into their religious feelings and it goes all off into that direction. But for us as African people, it's always, for me, going to boil down to that self-identity. I can will myself into a nice paying job, a nice house, and boom, I've wielded it. I've determined my destiny. There's what it is. But collectively, because we don't have that underpinning, we don't, you, you know, we can't. European identity is based on the individual. I, myself, me, myself, and I, I do this. And everything else grows from that. So for them to embrace their humanity, it's what they're doing. That's what they are as human beings, is these individuals. For the Africans, it's the complete opposite. We're communal people. We identify and connect and collect. And when we deny that, when we refuse that, we lose all of the will, all of the power, all of the divinity, all of the the, 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 uh, the destiny that's built into that identifying. Because we are so much stronger when we do act as that collective to get things done. So stand fair, fade out, strike, right? it's so all you baby. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> you <mess>. But uh I <laughs> uh, You remember uh, that argument we used to have all the time about that? and I'm, I'm going to say it. I'm going to just say it because I feel yeah. kind of uh, in my feelings about the the platform. It's weak. I don't care whose toes I step on, but I, I'm a panther. will be a panther in whatever form for the rest of my life, whether I'm out active, active, black boots, something, or I'm at the house. Posting something somewhere or, or researching Or whatever but for me The fact of the matter is The platform is weak Sorry it's weak <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I'm right. going to double back on that After after Psych D- <laughs> this point, I'm going to come back in and I'm <laughs> going <laughs> to challenge you On, on this correction <laughs> <laughs> I, might, I might take a in, in a different trajectory So go ahead Alright go I'm going to say go, that the platform all right, I'm going to say that it's not that the platform is weak. It has to do with the words of power has not been applied accurate, accurately so that the platform can stand on what it is, what it is ultimately attempting to say. But to say but it's freedom is it's not freedom. weak. It's not freedom. Okay, but there you go. That's not the, that don't mean the platform is weak. The, the way it is, it is being portrayed or projected to the people is weak the difference the word the way we... it is being projected is weak we got to say that the way it is being projected is weak yes i can agree with that the word want the word want yes is that is a projection the correct that is a projection we should not want yes. we, we must we must will that will be a projection so it is It the weakness is the projection the weakness is not what it is attempting to say, it's just not saying it the right way. So I, that's why I'm, I wouldn't necessarily call the platform weak. I would call the way it is being portrayed. So that's why I did lead into the segue of you being able to talk about that by just saying, we'll. Was, it was intentional because we need to get that energy out there right you. now. And we're getting that out there and okay. we, we're calling on all Panther formations to recognize that. Coming from the Panther 48, bottom line, we'll you got a problem? good at
1: me.
0: <laughs> yes, that's right. The Panther Party has said it. We drew that line in the sand. Bam. Now, it's like you can go for it. <laughs> and, 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 and both of y'all are right. Both of y'all are right on this. Because it's weak, but it's, it's not necessarily weak because the brothers knew what they wanted. When Hugh and Bobby sat down... They knew what they wanted, but they were talking from two young black brothers in the ghetto of Oakland in 1966. So they was only able to use the terms that they understood at that time. And that's why the platform and even the pastor party is supposed to be a living, breathing, constantly evolving thing. That's what that is supposed to be. See, we have what Bobby and Huey didn't have. We have Bobby and Hughes. We have that old platform to look at. And we have an elevated and evolved understanding of the, of the different concepts of freedom. See, they were in a situation where they felt helpless. And they were saying, we won't, we won't, we won't. And now we're in a situation where we have said it that we won't for 30 years, 40 years. And now we're saying, we will, we will, we will. And here's the cold thing for both of you brothers and swallows. In another thirty years, it's going to be some brothers. Saying, we are, we are, we are. That we shit was weak. They're going to be saying that we is weak because if we will is still saying you're going to do something in the future, we are is saying that we're doing it right now. And see, so so it's constantly evolving, and it's a constant growing taking place. At least it should be. And what we're supposed to do right now is push that growth and refuse a lot of brothers and those sisters. To fit in that in that in that stability and that comfort, we're supposed to push that growth. So really, we need to be going toward we are we are we are. Now me, now you know me, you know me. When we talk about divine, the only mm-hmm. divine or divine will I think that you have is the one you give yourself because you are the true expression of divinity on the planet. There is no other expression of divinity on earth other than you. Huey even said in Revolutionary Suicide, he said that his only concept of God was the people. He said he can't even be in the understanding of anything higher than the people that could be considered God. And and, and, and my understanding, even if we even if we believe a supernatural, all-powerful alien is floating in the, in, the, in the space somewhere, controlling everything in existence, then we have to accept that we are made in the image of that. We are the, the complete expression of that, because that's what it says. If, you are, if you're a Christian, it says that you are made in the image of the Creator. If you're a Muslim, it says that you are the vicegerent. It means that you are a deputy. A deputy is one who stands in the place of another. So essentially, you recognize and realize that you are standing in the place of God on the planet. When you walk the planet, your goal and your responsibility is to do what God would do. Simple as that. Simple as that. That's what you're supposed to do. So the only divine right, or divine will that you have to exercise is the one that you recognize within self. And that's and to me that 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 becomes easier for me to do. I can't I can imagine a god in outer space. I just can't. I don't have no spaceship. I can't fly up there. But I can deal with the one that's in inner space because I have all access to that. And then when we start learning how to recognize that and go into that inner heaven and bring that to life on earth, then I think we start to express that will, as Brother Walton was just talking about, <laughs> as what be talked about. You can accomplish what you will, and will is a deep and passionate or uh, uh, desirable thing. It's kind of like what uh, uh, Napoleon I'm mean, going to use the European, Napoleon oh, Hill, because uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, he wrote some nice books. If you ain't read, the, the uh, I forget the name of the book, uh, is an interview with the devil Conversation with the devil But it's, it's the one that I feel like is way more Powerful than that they can go with It's the book that he agreed Not to publish because it was Flying in the face of religion and, edu- and the educational system And his people Didn't publish it until, until like 40 years after he had died But it's, I can't remember the name of the book I wish I remembered it but I'm pretty sure it would be easy to google and look up But it's that book he has a mock conversation with the devil. And the devil tells the rule that the devil uses to make sure the people don't come into their true power. And And Napoleon Hill is having that dialogue with the devil. And this is a powerful book. There's only a few parts of it that I 100% don't agree with because, you know, he was subsidized by the most powerful uh, 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 economic forces of that day. So he glorified him. But other than that, we give you some of the formula for gaining that self self liberation and that freedom. But 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 he talks about that wheel that uh ah what's the word what's the term he used? I can't even remember the term. He he uh he coined the phrase well, basically that that definite of purpose that was called that definiteness of purpose fueled by an exact plan will always lead to what it is that you desire. And that's that will that Brother War and Brother Marcus Garvey was talking about—the definite purpose. You have to know what it is that you want, without a shadow of a doubt, with no wavering. And then you must have an exact plan to get there, and you must refuse to waver from that, no matter what it may cost you. And then you'll be able to bring about whatever it is you desire in life. And that's my take on it. That's my that's my humble opinion on. It. Well, let me say this just so people know. That book that he's talking about, Napoleon Hill, outwitting the devil. So, That's it, the devil.
3: Since, 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 since yeah. we
0: want to have a question. Now, the big real quick. Is what I'm
1: talking
0: about. <laughs> 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 real, real quick, if there's anybody in the listening audience that does, does want to jump in, that we're down to the last 20 minutes of our conversation. All you do is press one to be placed in the queue. Uh, I give anybody, I give people Opportunity to go ahead and uh, Be punched in, add to this In the meantime, I do want to say this and add In adding uh, more Insight into where Brother Sykes is going He's talking about God So let's just think about an acronym Of God Which Brother Sykes <laughs> said himself Gaining overstanding Of definitions That's what we like to Uh-oh. think of In terms of God See this is the first step to addressing language barriers and distinguishing between symptoms and problems identification, utilizing the three Ds, define, develop, and defend, overstanding, gaining overstanding of definitions. That's God. We're going to go there with it. That's God. Because from that standpoint, we now have a common path so that we can work toward a defined destiny. And stop making and then and then we can work towards and, and with this we can make stop making things so damn complicated. And I know people, I'm the main one that may speak a little bit in in, 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 in uh heightened words or whatever, y'all or vocabulary. But at the same time that's funny. because <laughs> I want us I want us with my country bunk himself, I want us to think beyond a sixth grade level education. So I want to make your head hurt. Okay, I want your head to hurt because unless that brain starts hurting, just like psych do with, with, with his uh, physical physique, unless that brain starts hurting, you ain't going to get no exercise out of it. If we keep doing nursery rhymes and we good at nursery rhymes, there's nowhere else to go. How many times can you, can you pass go on Monopoly? Monopoly. How many times can you defeat that big dragon on Mario Brothers? I mean, you keep playing the same damn game over and over and over. That repetition of that minute, bottom line, simplistic thing is not going to get you over the hill going back to Napoleon Hill. So I just do want to say that. Now I'll I'll let y'all jump (laughs) back in on this. (laughs) Well. I don't know what else to say <laughs> I mean from, 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 from civil rights To to to, to G.O.D <laughs> I mean, I, 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 Yeah Getting back I guess to civil rights And, and, and human rights and, and all of that For me to take away Is it, it boils down to the same Problematic concept Is that we keep turning power over To somebody else Whether you're discussing civil rights or human rights, because the recognition of those things are still legal, are still in reference to something that we have no control over. So until we identify what we do actually have control over and get out of our egos, get out of our feelings and think about, and then act upon, because I know a lot of folks will agree, yeah, you right, you right. And then they don't do nothing. It's just the same old, same old and have, 30,000 excuses as to why not or, you know, whatever. But so until we get to the point through the study, and I always like to give people the browder file as a first step, because if we're looking at human rights, civil rights, we're looking at,
1: you know, uh, religion,
0: we're looking at economics, any of that, we're looking at it from a European point of view, because all of us have been taught to think like white folks, period. You can't get around it. And none of us have no, and depending on the 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 the, you know if we grew up in the U.S. and depending on our age group, because some of our elders did actually have that, but generations basically ours going forward didn't have an interjection of Africanness or you know our holistic reality and what it is we actually are. We didn't have that. We've been educated, -educated, miseducated, misinformed, uninformed by the same system that to, or continues to control and, and, and manipulate us. And so we, until we start to break free from those mental chains, to look at things from a perspective other than what we've been told, then we're going to keep running into the same, solution, same non-solutions because their solutions tell us to go to the government, go to the government, go to the government. And we keep going to the government. It doesn't work. Because what it is we need is counter to what it is they need. We need our community. We need one another. We need to interconnect and embrace and be who it is we are. They need for us to not do that. They need for the individuality to exist so that they can go out on the streets when people protest and bang heads. So that they can continue to manipulate and and tell us that somehow folks that are rioting and, and looting and doing all of these things, that somehow the government should be allowed to tell them or anybody should be allowed to tell them how to express that more than just anger. Cause anger makes it sound like, Oh, my baby mama doing me wrong. That's not the anger I'm talking about. I'm talking generational buildup of angst and depression and sadness and the mental disease that we have to deal with. You know? So this, this idea that somehow it's, I hate the word progressive. I hate they co-opted that word, but that it's forward-moving somehow to go to the government and get a permit to go and protest in a particular area, parade. When you're protesting and you're pissed off and you're ready to make change, you get out there and you start moving. You don't care who gets in the way. You're exercising your will. And we don't, again, as I said, we don't have that will because we have no collective identity. We are lost in this woods of individualism. We believe that we are individuals, and as long as we believe we're individuals, ain't nothing going to change. You get your individual game, I get my individual game, and in the long run, we'll still be niggas in this system, period. I don't care what kind of money you got or what you think of yourself or what, what kind of bad-bitch T-shirt you wear, you still a nigger to the system, and if you think you're not, reflect back. If they can remove a senator a sitting senator from his position, an elected official, and it's happened multiple times in this country, if they can remove somebody who was elected to an office in a system that says people elect people to office, and that's legal, that's what it is, but they can come in and say, nah, forget that. We're going to take you on out of this office. You're not the sheriff no more. You're not a senator no more. If they can do that, what chance do you really think you have? It's like nobody... Really gives a crap about cancer until they auntie gets cancer or their mother gets cancer. Then all of a sudden you got all of these, you know, folks starting these different uh, uh, cancer organizations, the the JoJo Johnson uh, uh, Cancer Fund. Nobody gives a crap about it until it hits home. Nobody cared about police brutality until it started hitting home too much. We don't realize that when it happens on the other side of the country or even the other side of the world, that's hitting home. because what they do to one of us, they do to all of us. And that's not just some pretty sounding stuff, that's our reality. That's a fact for us. And we can't operate any other way. History has shown that. We were stronger during so-called slave days, when we were in chains. We were stronger as a community. They told us we couldn't get married, you have no civil right to get married. What we do? we jumped the balloon. When they told us we couldn't practice our own religion, they gave us this Christianity stuff, what we do? We put the the, 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 the the Michael and the saints and all of these other cats on top of our Orishas. We put it on top of our own system so that when they came and looked and we said, yeah, St. Michael, blah, 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 St. Vincent, blah, blah, blah. The, the, the slave master heard, oh, they're practicing good Christianity. But when they closed that door, we were doing our own thing. We were stronger back then. We looked out for each other. We had a chance, but then we had to go and get integrated. Now we can sit next to white folks on the toilet. Broke. Got no health care. Our children are being educated that we're niggas, but we can sit next to white folks on the toilet. You're free because we have no concept of our own reality. So y'all can talk that civil rights stuff all you want. Talk that human rights stuff all you want. Ain't going
1: to change jack.
0: Period. No people in this world have ever been liberated by their oppressor. This
1: is the way it is. Thank you amen, and good night. Let me
0: let me jump in real quick because I want to make one thing known and then I'm gonna let Sight jump in on his part. Somebody well let me just say this. Brother War has some intuitive spiritual insight. <laughs> I'm gonna say that. Somewhere,
3: somewhere,
0: somewhere, somebody is listening to the Panther 48 broadcast, smoking them a fatty, and just said, yep. Man, them brothers deep. Man, we didn't we were not I'm gonna say this and I want them to hear it now. That's why I'm casting it out. We are not doing this because we want you to be able to roll up, get high, and have something powerful to smoke to. So now that you heard me say that. I hope we broke your high because it ain't about <laughs> smoking no damn weed and it ain't about finding something to ride on to mentally masturbate. That is not what we here for. War, well, my acronym is willing, able, ready, and then the lock comes in with leverage on consciousness. Okay? So Warlock heard you fool smoking your blunt and you need to cut that out and you need to rise yourself up To really take action We talked about the concept of will Which is power That power is not about Putting something in your body That's going to cause you to get the munchies to cause you to go sit down and eat Find something else to mentally masturbate on So that you can keep riding a damn high That ain't where we at That ain't where we at So I wanted to cast that out there real quick Because I know what's going down We putting this out here Because we want to raise y'all now go ahead, y'all can take it over. I just had to—I had to put that out there because I know what what I what I felt. Go ahead. War yourself. <laughs> hey, it's like war mad, dude. I ain't war home. <laughs> <laughs> I have never. Oh my god. done <laughs> <laughs> got wired up. Oh, <laughs> I, I didn't. I've never known in all these years what that acronym stood for. I appreciate that, bud. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> war loc. <laughs> yeah, I never knew. <laughs> I just wrote along with it. Is your turn, Sight? say something? You well, I really, it out of I really don't have anything to say. I think y'all said it all. I think I'm going to end it. I think I could possibly end it with this because we talk, we're talking about civil rights, human rights. We agree that the only way that they actually have any real rights is to have power. <laughs> and the only way to have power is to have a collective consciousness, to have a collectivity, to, be able to have a common origin, a, recognize a common enemy, and to move in a common direction. So we, we, this, this is pretty much the conclusion of which we have all agreed upon that has to be done in order to really, truly seek freedom. And even that we agree, no matter what kind faction or offspring you come from, that your first directive is we want freedom, or we will be free, or we are free. And those are the ideas that we're moving towards. I'm going to say this with that. Here are some lessons I learned from doing time from prison. And, and you might think, man, what could you possibly learn from prison? But this is something I learned about politics from prison. In prison, you have various groups in prison. They're called gangs and security threat groups. The prison calls them security threat groups. The people themselves in these groups call themselves nations. Popularly, we call them gangs. So these groups are these nations, Crips, Bloods, Gangster Disciples, uh, Vice Lords, uh, domestic groups, are Texas Syndicate, Tongo Blast, you know, I can go on and on with the different nations. Now, and this leads to our discussion that we're talking about. Inside the unit, the the prisoner runs the unit because the prisoner outnumbers the guard like 50 to 1. So the prisoner really runs the unit, but he doesn't understand that, and that's the only reason he submits to the power of the guard. But the guard allows the prisoner to cook the food, wash the clothes, clean the dorm. The prisoner deals with every single aspect of running the government of the prison, period. Point blank. And the most powerful groups have tables. Now, tables. I know y'all are probably thinking, "What the hell are you talking about, brother?" Everybody has Everybody don't have a table. Only the most powerful groups have a table to sit at and play their games at and things like that. If you're not in a member of one of the most powerful groups, you sit on the floor. So only the most powerful groups have tables to sit at. The tables represent land. And if you don't have land, if you don't have a table, then you are automatically considered a weak group. And there are rules that are established by these groups in prison. They all come to the table and they agree that there are certain things we are not gonna do and that we are willing to do as long as we able to live our lives until we release until we release from this prison. One of the things to give you an example, one of the things a person cannot be so in a fight, a person can't be stumped. Now, here's the thing. It leads back to what Brother E was talking about earlier when he said the U.N. don't have any real power to check the United States government. The most powerful group can stump you out in a fight, and there is not a lot you can do about it. Even though they was on the, the council, that agreed we don't stomp in fight, because they are so powerful and nobody wants to go against the big dog in the yard. They you can they are stump you out. And that'll get a pass. And, and, and I bring this up because this is, this is the political arena in all of life. Only the most powerful groups get a seat at the table. And even then, once they became to agreement, the most powerful of the powerful groups can even skirt some of the rules. Now, when I went to prison, I was a counselor, and I consider myself a conscious man. And so there are many conscious groups, but the conscious groups are all smaller than the than the unconscious groups. Let me say that than the gangs. They are all smaller. The Chris, the Bloods, every gang is going to be bigger than the conscious group. So what I told the conscious groups: Nation of Islam, Five Percenters, uh, uh, Guerrilla uh, uh, Guerrilla Army, uh, uh, Mandingo Warriors, Black Panthers, whatever it was. What I told the conscious groups is. Instead of operating individually, we need to operate as a collective. And only then will we have the type of numbers needed to be able to have a seat at the table. And when we start operating like that, then we had a table called the conscious table. So we, we accepted an identity that united us. That identity was being conscious, not being pastor, even though there were certain members of the group that was a pastor that was ego warrior there was five percent of but the but the overall collective identity, the culture, was the conscious man. That was the culture. And by accepting that culture, the table became the conscious table, which was basically which was essentially the land. And anytime I walked on the wing, if it didn't have a conscious table already there, Crips and Bloods would clear a table out and say, Look out, brother, here's the conscious table for you because those people were able to come together under one particular culture, the culture of learning. We are conscious men. We study, and here's the, here's the other thing about the conscious men. The conscious men was the hardest fighters, the hardest workout guy, guys on the rake yard, was the hardest dudes, period, point blank. If you've seen them on the rake yard, they did the hardest work on the rake If you've seen them in a fight, they were the ones that fought the hardest. So we understood that not only did we have to come together under a particular culture but we also had to create that military power behind that culture in order to have the proper respect in that environment that we were in and i said all that about being in prison to say this that that same format and formula is what's required in this society right now because the prison is nothing more than a microcosm a small uh, imitation of the macrocosm of the overall society, and that's all I got to say. I think we got what three minutes. That's all I got to know. That's it. And with that, y'all, we end in the show. All power to the people. Here go our outro. Completely
3: savage, Baba. Yes, my son. Tell me a story. Which one? The story of home And I'm warning you, black people, because the day is coming when there will be shortages. There will be famine here. Because war is coming.
0: We are Africans, and we happen to be in America.
2: The fallopian tube of the Nile Valley. Without the fallopian tube of Africa, you wouldn't even have humanity on the planet Earth. And when these people
3: get hungry, I know you think you're going to be able to go to your neighbor. You ain't going to get nothing from them. And if you think you're going to be able to compete with them in the supermarket, for that last thing on the shelf, you've got another thing coming. They will kill you. Because they know nothing of suffering or privation. This is something that you will see in time. When we deal
2: with the first place of humanity. We have to deal with... One time Europeans didn't consider Africa to be the home of man. They said Europe was the home of man. And then they said China was the home of man. But only when they came into Africa, they found the origin of humanity. With these little Africans named the remote, who migrated up out of Africa...
3: When during our enslavement, we were denied the knowledge of ourselves, we were not to know who we were from ancient antiquity, our relationship to God, our relationship to